What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Up in Flames. And this is a special, special episode of Up in Flames because anytime I'm able to get my guy Jeff on the show, then you know it's going to be special. We have about an hour. He's giving me an hour of his time out of his busy Saturday getting prepared for the college football playoffs. And so that's what we're going to be talking about today. But before we get into that, we will be back firing up the show with college football playoffs right after this. Warning. You are now listening to Up in Flames. We up in Flames, yeah. We up in Flames, yeah. Yeah, uh, uh, yeah. Let me hear it, Lambo. We up in flames. We up in flames. We up in flames. Yeah, we up in flames. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. We up in flames. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we up in flames. Hold on. Uh, check this go. We up in flames. Yeah, uh, we up in. Yeah, yeah. We up in flames. Yeah. We up in. Yeah, we up in flames. We up in flames. All right, once again, welcome back to another episode of Up in Flames. It is Saturday, college football playoff semifinal. And if the outfits don't give it away, we are two avid Ohio State fans. I don't know if we gave it away, but Jeff, how are you doing today? Uh, dude, I'm I'm buzzing today, man. Uh, that intro was the the last piece of the puzzle. Always good to work with you again. I brought the brought the jersey out of the rafters today to work with my uh, my man Mo. Uh, you guys are doing a great job over there at OTBN um, post post Jeff's retirement. So it's great to see. Uh, I, I'm 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 excited, man. Like everybody knows how. I call it being real. Some people call it pessimistic, high state fan, whatever it is. I, first of all, I want to say I haven't been wrong about anything about a high state this year. I just want to put that out there. As much shit as I take, I have not been you wrong. Have it and I hate it. <laughs> but but what I will say is as we talk about this game, and if you've heard me and I did a show with Jay Stevens earlier in the week on Locked on Buckeyes, you know where I stand on the game. But the most that doesn't mean that I don't really, 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 really want to win this Georgia game. I would consider it – I'll just get it out of the way. I would consider this victory tonight probably top four Ohio State victories of my lifetime if they pulled off. And, you know, we're talking got two national championships in there, uh, maybe third. Uh, I think Alabama's third, so it'd be fourth. I'm going to put it fourth. Uh, so that that's how important this game is. That's how excited I am for it. Um, I know it's going to be grueling. I know it's going to, I know it's going to tear me apart, regardless of what happens. But but um, I'm hopeful. So now that we got that out of the way, we can we'll, we'll get real later, and we'll talk about how I how, how the how the other side of my brain feels about the game outside of outside of uh, how my heart feels about it. But always a pleasure to be on, man. Thanks for having me. Yeah, of course. And and like you said, this would be if we do win tonight, this would be the fourth biggest victory of my lifetime as well because. I'm pretty sure for me, it would be not in any order, but the top three is the O2 national championship, yeah. beating Alabama, and then beating Oregon in the national championship. Like those are the three biggest victories for me in my lifetime. And those aren't the three best games, obviously, that oh, I've no. seen, but because blasting Oregon wasn't like, oh, that's one of the best Ohio State games I've watched, one of the best performances by our team that I've watched. But as far as like, man, it was de- sometimes I love when my team plays down to the wire, but we can walk away as winning. 
and you'd be like, man, I just watched a great game. Like the Ohio State Utah game last year in the Rose Bowl, that was a great game. Like, yeah. regardless of what it meant, I think it was just a look into the future for Ohio State fans mm-hmm. watching some of like the Marvin Harrison Juniors and Jay. Both, both good and bad. Uh, yeah. I, I touched on that after the Rose Bowl last year. Yeah, it was I'm one just my own horn. I get a chance to come on for uh, a Saturday and toot my own horn a little bit. Like I told everybody what was going to happen after that Rose Bowl and here we are. Yeah, and it was just for me it was just one of those like it was an exciting game. It was one of the best college football games of last year and you're like, "Okay, we got the win, but whether we won or lost, it really didn't matter. It wasn't going to change the outcome yeah. of our season at the end of the day." So, I think that's where it was easier to watch that game. But we've talked a lot about Ohio State, but before we get into that, because we have to have integrity on up in flames and it is the college football playoffs and Ohio state and Georgia are not the only two teams playing today to reach a national championship. TCU's playing Michigan right before obviously Ohio state and Georgia. So um, to me, this is a, I I don't want to say a lopsided matchup, but I just, I think it's going to take TCU's absolute best performance. And I do think they have it in them. But, I mean, this is a game where we're asking TCU to make no mistakes. We're asking them to play amazing defense. We're asking them to match Michigan physically. And I just don't know if they can. I mean, let's be honest. Michigan is one of the three best teams, one of the four best teams, obviously, but they really are. We're not questioning whether Michigan should be in here. We're not saying there's another team out there that didn't make it, that we would take over Michigan regardless of them being undefeated. I don't think there's a better team that's not in these four that's better than Michigan, period. There's not a fifth or sixth team. I'm not taking Bam over Michigan or anything like that. And so with TCU, I think there were some questions raised when they lost to Kansas State. Like you've seen some vulnerability. And when you see vulnerability late, just like you did with Ohio State, you have some questions because this is technically a bounce back game for TCU. When you look at this matchup, like what are your expectations for this game? Um, yeah, you said, you know, I'll piggyback on what you said, because we totally line up on how we feel about, you know, Michigan, how we feel about the game. Here's what here's what TCU has that honestly, no other team. Well, maybe Georgia has a lot of it, too. They have their players know game situation. They've been in a lot of tough games this year and a lot of a lot of people knock them for being in close games and having to pull them out. But what that builds is football intelligence. They've got a lot of players on this field, even though they have basically no playoff experience, really no bowl game experience on this team. What they have is in-game experience. And, Mo, you know from from competing all your life and being an athlete, being a coach, you know how games unfold in front of you. And and their players understand that every situation is different. You know, third and three – with 14 minutes left in the first quarter is different than third and three with two minutes left in the third quarter. Like they understand that. And they've, they've rose up to the situation. They, they play, you know, and it, this isn't, I'm not an unchangeable guy. You know that I'm never going to sit here and say a locker room speech or wanting to, or disrespect or chip on your shoulder. Herb street BS wins games. I'm talking about actual football in game intelligence, going through the grind experiences, like, you know, the end of that Baylor game is one of the best coached, played, you know, finishes I've ever seen a, a great team do with everything on the line, how they won that game, didn't, you know, didn't need the timeout, got the field goal off, won the game. Stuff like that, like, carries over. And that's what, you know, when we talk about a high state later, they lack all of it. They have basically, they really have no tough game, in-game, you know, intelligence build up because of how their seasons have went. TCU's got it full. So, like, 
TCU is not going to care if they're down 14, just like yeah, Michigan won't either. Very well-coached team. But I'm just from the TCU side. Everybody's wondering, like, how can TCU pull this off? And and honestly, Duggan is a good quarterback. I know everybody, like, get, got carried away with the bloody elbow and they couldn't breathe and all that. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about he's an actual good quarterback, puts the ball where his receivers can make plays, which is they're going to have to have in this game. Absolutely. He's going to have to run and get blasted on probably – 13 times that are going to be important in this game, but he's going to do it. Um, you know, assuming that, you know, he survives that, um, you know, TCU's got, got a great chance. They're, they're a physical, fast football team. I don't care. I, they play a three, three, five. Everybody's making a big deal. Everybody plays a three, three, five. Now, like is some form of it, what you do with that fourth guy, whether he's part of the three or whether he's part of the four, it's the same game. You know what I mean? So they're getting carried away with like, there's only gonna be three men standing there. Like it, that's not how football works. Um, yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yes. Michigan's offensive line is fantastic. They do beat you up, but for everything we say about TCU through the season, um, I watched Michigan play Illinois too. So I can't ignore that. I saw that game and, and that there's absolutely a path to beat Michigan. Um, you know, they can get a little, you know, especially if McCarthy, if he gets a little erratic with the passing game, it completely, completely evens out the playing field. If he throws, you know, and takes advantage of situations like he did against Ohio State, Michigan's fine. If he plays like he did, and honestly, three, four, five of the games he played this year where he missed open receivers and didn't get big first downs, then TCU's completely in the game because Duggan is not going to do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. And then like on the Michigan side or even for TCU's preparation for Michigan is you could really go back, watch the Ohio state game and just focus on five plays. And you'd be like, where did they mess up on those five plays? And if we don't make those same mistakes, we can easily be in this game. Because if you think about it, just not to touch on too much, but the Ohio state Michigan game was separated by five plays. That's it. Like if you take away those five plays and it's not about winning, but if you take away and look at what Michigan did for the rest of the game, they did absolutely nothing. But five plays of over 60, 50, 60, 70 yards will lose you a game. I don't care who you are. Let's throw something out there real quick. We didn't get to talk much about the game afterwards, but the, the key pivotal play on that third down when Burke doesn't make the tackle and it turns into a touchdown, TCU, I think, makes that tackle. And that and that's what you're talking about right there. That's one game that probably is a 14 point swing at a high state Michigan game that I think TCU's got the guys that will finish that tackle. That that's what exactly what I'm talking about, Mo. They they understand they're not going to panic. They're gonna they're gonna drive through that. You know what I mean? They've had and another thing about TCU real quick. I know I'm taking all this time, but they've also faced a lot of quarterbacks and receivers that really put pressure on you and throw and throw and throw. So they're not going to show up and look at McCarthy and be like, we don't know what to do with this guy. As good as I know he is, he's not a freak to them as where Ohio State didn't play anybody all year and then they ran into a decent quarterback which again Jeff said and then they they couldn't they couldn't cover their mistakes in the in the in the defensive backfield that I TCU is not perfect they will they do give up points but they also are aggressive they'll go for balls they make hits they'll separate the ball it only take it's only going to take one play one extra play from TCU like you're touching on to even this game out yeah and I think you know even on the Michigan side I mean I just feel like Michigan just has to go in there and play Michigan football. That's it. Don't let, you know, make TCU adjust. If you start to try and air it out and make this a shootout, you're giving TCU the upper hand. And I'm not saying TCU ends up still winning based on a shootout, but now you're giving the advantage to TCU and you're having to adjust and play not Michigan football. 
And so where I think that Donovan Edwards, you know, hand them the ball, try and establish the run game early, bully them up front in the trenches, offensively and defensively. Like, don't look at TCU and, and prepare for them like as if they're different than any opponent. Know what you have to do. Know that your formula works. And if you do that, Michigan wins the game. And I think they win the game pretty handedly. I'm not saying they win by three or four touchdowns, but they could win by 17 and, and, it, and it, it'd be a typical Michigan game. Run the ball. They don't have to worry about putting up a lot of points. All you got to do is prevent points. Michigan could win this game 21 to seven. Like there, there's a way where that happens because they have a stifling defense and then they just run the ball, long drives. They don't need the big plays that they had versus Ohio State. It's just Ohio State gave them the big plays and they took advantage of them. But they could just make this a low-scoring, stifling defense and running the ball in a boring product to watch. But you don't care about entertainment right now. You're trying to reach a national championship. So that's why I get from the Michigan side. And then, like I said, with TCU, they're just they're going to have to constantly adjust. But one thing they've showed is – no matter what, they can do that. They've yeah. they've won games high scoring. They've won games, you know, 17 to 10. I mean, they've stopped. My thing is when TCU goes into this game, you can't be afraid of Michigan's run game. Now, I know their offensive line is a lot better, but you've stifled the best running back arguably in the country in B. John Robinson. Like, you basically took him out of the game and made it like Quinn Ewers is going to have to try and beat you throwing the ball. So you are able to do it, but I know Texas's O-line is not Michigan's offensive line, so it's a little different, but you face the best running back you're going to face. You've already faced the best quarterback more than likely that you're going to face. I don't think J.J. McCarthy at least is any better than the best quarterback TCU has faced all year anyways. No, not at this point. And not and uh, yeah, and and another thing about, you know, to factor into these now let's let's look at it from a bowl game standpoint is you know, it's a playoff game, but it's still a bowl game. A lot of times, you know, the 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 bigger offensive linemen, the bigger defensive linemen, you know, they come they come to these bowl games. The weather's different, the situation's different, and sometimes they can they can be a little I won't say winded, but sometimes their energy their energy expends a little quicker than when they're in the flow of the season. Mm-hmm. Um, that that time off sometimes sometimes can take the wind out of out of your big guys. And again, this is one of these things. If it 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 might be the situation. I predict that this game will be a roller coaster. I think that one, the one team will be down at least 10 points, and then that same team will be tied throughout this game. I really think that's the kind it's going to be. I think it's going to be, I think there's going to be seven probably big plays that, you know, blow us away. But um, I think that I could, if you tell me there's a world where Michigan's offensive line comes out and isn't quite like, clicking because they're just lost some of the rhythm, you know, because they play as, as a unit, obviously the best in the country, hands down. And, and I, maybe TCU takes advantage of that, you know, real quick and, and steals a touchdown or, or, or steals a punt or something like that. You know, that's all it's going to take to level out this game. I, but um, I don't, I don't think Michigan can win as easily as TCU if they're down big late. Like, I don't know if they can throw themselves out of it. I'm not saying they can't. They're a very talented team. I trust I trust uh, Johnson and Duggan much more. I mean, I think we should probably talk about how good uh, Johnson is, and he's one of the best receivers in the country, and he's an absolute – you talk about X factors. He's X, Y, Z factor in this game. Um, you can't – you got to go down swinging if you're TCU. Sonny Dykes absolutely will. TCU is not concerned. Like, they do not look at – like. If you watch Michigan play all year and look at their schedule, they played one game. No, no offense. Penn State was a good victory, too. So they played one and a half games. 
they showed up in that game and it was awesome. But you're not going to tell these kids from TCU like they should be worried about Michigan after what they just went through. Yeah. So yes. TCU is not concerned at all about playing with this team, which which is a mentally that's that's why I just I just think this TCU team is mentally tough and. Just like we, we're banging on Ohio State for what we've seen from them, we got to do the same thing. We've seen Michigan in the playoffs a year ago. They got manhandled by a better physical team. Georgia was a great team. But, like, we, we if we're going to hold everything Ohio State's done, apparently people hold the last 20 freaking years of Ohio State against them. They still count the 06, you know, 06 championship against them. We got it. We got to say that last year Michigan didn't show up in a playoff game. We, that's the last that we saw of them in the playoffs. They got mashed. So that's yeah. fair. Yeah, 100%. And so before we move on, just if I gave advice to TCU, my only thing is nothing is not on the table. Everything is on the table. The playbook is wide open, double reverses. If my if I got a receiver that can throw the ball, I'm doing a double reverse pass. I'd put Max Duggan out there, and, and I'm running the Wildcat, and I put him at wide receiver just to give <laughs> Michigan every look that they've, they haven't seen because yeah. they've watched every TCU game. I mean, you've had a month. Over a month, you had about six weeks to prepare for this game. So you've watched every bit of film. At this point, it's like all things are on the table. The things that we have in the bag that we haven't had to pull out, you pull it out in this game because you're trying to win. And at the end of the day, if it's like, well, we pulled all our tricks out the bag. So if we do win this game, it won't work in the national championship. You can't worry about that. Like you can't look ahead and worry about how would you surprise somebody in the national championship. You have to surprise them today. And win this game today before you even focus on preparing for the national championship. So okay, okay let's. I like the advice thing. I want. Here's my advice. Here's my. I mean, there's my advice for for Michigan would be like, you know, get used to like, like don't be. It's no big deal if if you get down. Like if you give up a big touchdown early. If you're down ten early, don't worry about it. That's how Big Twelve plays. It's not that big a deal. That's how. Like they just honestly, I'm just being serious. They don't have as as much experience in these ginormous games right now. This team doesn't just because of their season. That's fine. Don't worry about it. Uh, just be fine. Just play your game. It'll work out in the end. It's going to be a – you get extra timeouts in these stupid, you know, playoff games. It's going to be a four-and-a-half-hour-long game, which, again, benefits TCU because I think Michigan's more of a rhythm, take the air out of the balls, you know, yeah. eat to the clock team is what they want to do. Get They want to get in and get out. Um, if I give advice to TCU, a little extra. Uh, you tackle a guy, uh, you know, throw him down as as hard as you can. If a guy gets, you know, these Michigan guys are going to try and bully you around, give him, give him a little extra shove. Uh, you know, uh, just, you know, I don't want no injuries, no cheap shots. But if a guy's, you know, a foot from out of bounds, make sure he goes out of bounds. Like, make sure that they know that you're not, you know, a finesse team because Michigan likes to think of themselves, you know, as the next version of the 85 Bears. And just to show them that, like, yeah, you're fine. Like, it's, you're not going to, you're not going to cut, you're not going to win. It's all we keep hearing about is the physical factor. Like these kids from TCU are 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 great players, and they're just as physical. But make sure they know it early. You know, don't don't give them don't give them any mental advantage that you have. Yeah, one hundred percent. So now, <laughs> is there another game? Is there another game tonight? There is another game, and for us, it is the game. The oh, real quick before we get to the game, I I okay. I'm gonna let you reset that. I just want to say because we haven't talked about it, Alabama is gonna as is gonna blast Kansas State to prove a point. Yeah, that's why Bryce Young is playing. Like, like yeah, I just want I just want everybody to know that like they're they're gonna they're gonna remind today's a reminder game for Alabama. So now yeah, they're gonna give you some real quick. They are gonna give you something to talk about pre. Like we're gonna go from the Alabama game, and then everybody's gonna be tweeting in between that and the TCU Michigan game. See, Alabama should have been in the playoffs. 
Yep, that, that's exactly where it's that's what be. they should do. And if Kansas State wins, nobody will care. Yeah, it'll just go by. Like, you won't even see much of it on the timeline. So now. I just like to get that out there. Okay, now give it to me. The game. The Ohio State versus the Georgia Bulldogs in the Peach Bowl in Atlanta. If you already, first off, this matchup, if you already couldn't give Ohio State a disadvantage, you match them up with Georgia. Like, let's just, okay, let's just start there. You already starting off on the wrong foot. Then this is the Peach Bowl. The Peach Bowl is played in Atlanta, Georgia. If you haven't noticed already, the Georgia Bulldogs <laughs> are located an hour away from Atlanta. So this is a home game. Now, part of me, real quick, before we even get into the game, I do think since we talk about like these bowl games are played on neutral fields, I think Ohio State and Georgia should have been played in uh, Arizona, and I think TCU and Michigan should have been played in Georgia. Now, I know they're the one seed, and I know the advantage, but I'm saying if we're setting these games up to be played on neutral sites, I don't think, you know, because there would never be a playoff game, well, until the 12-team playoffs, but there would never be in a 14-team playoff. Ohio State or Michigan would never have the advantage of playing. It's just like if TCU and Michigan were playing in Dallas. Like, I'd be like, okay, these games should be switched because this is a neutral site thing. I don't think either team should ever have, like, literally home field advantage. That's yeah, just – I don't have it. I don't have any problem with it. A, I like that it stayed on the East Coast for both teams. Easier travel, um, easier to get there. And um, I'm I'm quite the opposite. I think that I think it, I like it as a reward to Georgia. You know, it's not these 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 destinations are set. You know, years ahead of time. Georgia saw the writing on the wall and was like, if if we take care of our business, we're the number one seed. We get to play in the Peach Bowl. I like that they've earned that. Um, I don't think Ohio State's done anything to earn any kind of like you know, impartialness. So I, I love it that Georgia fans, it's it's close to to where they're at. And I love it that Ohio State can go there and, and you know, ruin their season. So I, I actually, I like it that it's got a little bit of a home field away team feel rather than if both of them go th- three hours out west. So I'm kind of the opposite on that, which we rarely disagree, but I... I said about it. Like, I'm not mad. I'm not like, oh, I you see, can't... I, I see what you're saying. I'm just saying the neutral... All I'm saying is the neutral field side. I would say the same thing if TCU and Michigan were playing because if if it was at the Cowboys Stadium, I'd be like, well, they should have flopped that because TCU has a home field advantage, and it's like we're, we're in that case. I do right? only because Georgia's the, if Georgia was the the two seed or three, you know, if it was flipped yeah. or High State was the three two, you know, I, I'm kind of with you. But I think I don't think it's just because there's so many High State fans down in Florida. Like yeah, there's is. so many that it's not that like it's just because it's Ohio State. It's going to it's honestly it's probably going to be 60 40 crowd. You're not going to know because they're both going to be where there's going to be yeah. so much red and gray. Right. Yeah, um, so they travel well too. Let like, me tell you a terrible home field story real quick. I'm going to tell a little anecdote. So my son's high school team, his junior year, uh, was the they were the number one you know ranked team in their region one of the one of the i think they were two or three in the state division i think it was two or three that year um but unfortunately right down the road in athens ohio a kid named joe burrow's team was the two seed so obviously it gets i think they were the two seed that year so it gets to the one two seed so my son's team the tri-valley scotties are the are supposed to and here in ohio they shade they shade the game as in the middle, but they sh- they're supposed to shade it towards the home team a little closer, mm-hmm. you know, geographically. So, um, keep in mind that uh, they're playing Athens, 
my son plays an hour north, you know, up here in Dresden. They they established the site, you know, for the game, and it is about 10 minutes from Athens in uh in in Logan, which is just right up the road from Athens High School. So they had to drive an hour south as the higher seed and play Joe Burrow basically in his backyard. So that's the worst screwing on home field advantage that anybody's ever got. They all they should have beat him. Burrow, Burrow came up big in overtime, won the game, one of the greatest games I ever saw, you know. You know, in person. Uh, anyway, I just want to tell a little anecdote about how the worst home field advantage screwing of all time. <laughs> yeah, and, it's and I'll be clear. The next year, my son's team had home field advantage against him again, and they played right down the road here and, and played him tough that year. So two years in a row, they had home field advantage over Joe Burrow, sort of, and, and <laughs> did not come up with the win. Well, hey, and when you look back at it, you'll be like, well, that was a future possible. It's, it's weird. It's still weird. It's still weird. Like, anyway. The guy's a superstar now, so you're like, oh, it might not have been a bad loss. Um, so, like I said, Ohio State plays Georgia. I had to get that out of the way of just the neutral field. Now we're going to focus on – we'll fo- focus on Georgia real quick. So, yeah. I feel like a lot of the things that I said about Michigan is very similar to what I would say about Georgia. Like, I think Georgia just has to come in here and play Georgia football. That's it. Run the ball. Don't make – Stetson Bennett has come up in big moments in, multi, in for the past two years – when you need him to make a play, he's made the play in the national championship, in the playoffs against Michigan, um, against Tennessee this year, against LSU this year. Like when he's needed to be phenomenal, he has. But I know while watching Ohio State, and you'd be like, well, they needed JJ, they made JJ McCarthy try and come up big, and he did. But I don't think Georgia needs to plan like that. Run the ball, play defense abuse them at the line of scrimmage. Like, I think that's the formula for Georgia to win. And as long as they play Georgia football and don't come into this dome and feel like, oh, this is going to be a track meet. And so we need to match, you know, athlete for athlete with Ohio State. Because I will say, I don't think Georgia can match Ohio State athlete for athlete. So if they're going to turn this into a track meet, they give the advantage to Ohio State. Now, do they have some players? Oh, yeah, they probably they arguably have the best player on the field on the defensive side of the ball. Jalen Carter is probably the best football player on this field, bar none. The only person that I think would make an argument is Marvin Harrison Jr. Like, those are the two best players on the football field, regardless of the side of the ball. But I just think if you try and turn this into a track meet, you give Ohio State an advantage. I think you need to run the ball. I think you need to take long drives. I think you need to beat up on their defense. You need to beat up on Ohio State's defense, and then you need to turn around in three and out. Like if you do a six, seven minute drive and then three and out Ohio State early, you you you'll probably walk into a victory yeah. because if their defense, if you beat up their defense and then you put them right back on the field, let's just be honest. In, in the moments that you've needed Ohio State to show you they're a good defense, statistically, they're an elite defense. But in those moments, the couple moments of tough times that they've had, really against Michigan is what I'm looking at. They didn't play great. So they're not a great defense against Good, very good to great teams. So I think for Georgia, they just Georgia just needs to play Georgia football. That's it. Don't look at Ohio State as anything different than any opponent that you've looked at for the past 13 games. I, I if you're on the Georgia side of it, I'll talk about them. You know, again, everything you said obviously is correct from what we've seen for Georgia. If I'm Georgia, what I do is I use, you know, I use the I use the passing game slash run game slash screen game and all that, and I attack I attack the linebackers of Ohio State um, or whoever you know whoever's down in the box. Um, I think Bowers and um, oh shoot, what's uh, 
Washington. The kids. Washington, sorry. I almost called him Alexander for some stupid reason. Um, <laughs> anyway, I, those two are such a mismatch for Ohio State. I do a lot of dink and dunk, a lot of little play action, dump passes, you know, right over the middle. Make make Steel Chambers and Eichenberg tackle these guys, wear them out, run at them. Um, I, I, Ohio State's susceptible in the corners, but I just don't think Georgia has to really expose that until it's time. Um, you know, and if anything, run outside, make, make Burke come down and set a shoulder and try to, and, and try to take on a blocker because he just hasn't, he's not a great tackler. He's not a super physical guy. You know, when you're running, run, run wide, get out to the edge. I know everybody's like, ah, get him up the middle, gouge him. Now get out wide because eventually one of these guys is going to break down or he's going to not, he's going to get blocked. And then, you know, your running backs are going to be running wild to the edge. But as far as the passing game, keep it shallow and over the middle. And just just abuse you know abuse that you know the high state defense that that's what I would see. Um, I'm not worried about Bennett. He's what we talked about with TCU. Uh, super football intelligent, played huge games, understands like he has a feel for the pocket. Like if a high state's getting pressure, we'll just say from I don't know whether the left side. He's just going to play to his right. If it's the right side, he'll shade. He's going to play to his left. This is something that we're we're going to talk about. Another quarterback in this game has does not do this at all. Stetson will play from wherever comfort zone he finds. His offensive line will understand that they they work good together. His pocket may be mobile the whole game. He won't care. Um, you know, you and the guy gets down in the red zone. He's deadly down in the red zone just because of like. He, he just like again, and he's a point guard. He has a feel for it. He knows he, he knows mismatches. He recognizes a lot of stuff. Just super football intelligent. Um, and uh, so yeah, if, if I'm attacking a high state, you know, passing game over the middle, running, get out on the edge, make make these defensive backs, these safeties, the high state safeties are gonna have so much on their plate this game. The last thing they need to do is worry about tackling and coverage and covering up mistakes for the corners. Assuming Knowles doesn't. Um, our friend Walker said it best the other day. He didn't want to say Knowles got stubborn because he thought it was rude. I'll say it. Walker said Knowles gets committed to his defenses. He gets stubborn, and he and he gets stu- and and it killed him versus Michigan. Um, if if you see right away your guys can't handle you know man or zero coverage or you know whatever press whatever bail out of it. If you have to go to you know if you have to go to cover four the whole game to think you have a chance, do it. You know, worry, worry about your blitzes and exotic packages next year. If he gets stubborn in this game, Kirby Smart is way is just as good a defensive mind as Knowles. He'll be a step ahead of him. If Knowles tries to get cute and brings and bring, you know, a lot of different looks and exotic packages at Georgia, he will get humiliated. Yeah. And so before we move on and kill our Ohio State Buckeyes, um, <laughs> or I have to or you kill him and I have to defend him. Um <laughs> Georgia for me, the here's where some of these games I'd be like they're susceptible to play outside of their game. Is Stetson Bennett is probably going is probably going to declare for the draft and try and go to the NFL. So it may not get drafted, maybe undrafted, whatever. But sometimes you use this game as a prove it that this guy can do it at the next level, and so you put you call plays. And I'm not saying Kirby Smart will do this, but we've seen it done by teams in predicament where you'll try and, okay, hey, Stetson, this is your opportunity. Every scout of every team ever available is about to be in Atlanta to watch this game. This is your chance to prove that you are a next-level guy because some people probably look at him and be like, he's a pretty good college quarterback, nothing more, nothing less. 
But now, like, we have an opportunity against a suspectable defense to show that you can make these throws. You can, you can, we can win a game by you throwing for 300 plus, 400 yards, and four touchdowns. You can have the stat line that'll make scouts, you know, re- rethink what they have, their thought process was about you. And that could be detrimental if they were to do that. I'm not saying Georgia will, but these kind of games, it can happen. I love your thought process. A lot of people right now, like me, initially were like most crazy. Why would a coach do like why would any coach do that in this situation? Well, I'll tell you why. There's to piggyback on what Mo said, because you've got I don't know, you've got a sixteen year old quarterback out there somewhere watching this game and he's trying to decide whether to go to Ohio State, Georgia, whatever, Miami, Alabama, whoever. And Kirby Smart want, might want to be like, man, this kid likes to do this and that. I need to prove that I'm not just going to bring him in and he's going to hand off the ball. So I'm just uh, to piggyback on that, there's, there is benefit to the Georgia Bulldogs by letting their quarterback loose a little bit too. So I, I, for both reasons, um, right. you know, like a, Ryan Day's great at it. Like if you're a quarterback, why wouldn't you want to play for Ohio State? Regardless of the record, regardless of everything, you're going to the NFL – yeah, and regardless of what you do in the NFL, it's not about that. You know you're going to the now, NFL. I want to also say, do I think Kirby's going to do any of that? Absolutely not. I don't think so. I'm just but saying. I, I'm saying, to your point, yeah. it's not it's not as ludicrous as I thought when you started saying it. Yeah, I know, because you're like, I'm listening. Like, I'm going to give you a chance before I can. But Always, man. It does, it does happen. Like, sure it, it happens. happens all the time. It happens all the time where you're like, okay, because these games are glorified. They're emphasized. Yep. You know everybody's going to be watching. I mean, it's like, I'll, it's I'll give you an example that pertains to Ohio State. Lane Kiffin got cute in that Sugar Bowl way back in 2014, and it cost him a national championship because he was going to show off for against Ohio State and and blow him out of the water. He didn't have the quarterback to pull it off, and Ohio State won that game. That's exactly yeah, what he happened. Just that game. Follow, he didn't just follow the – just he give him Derrick Henry 35 times and let – The quarterback run the, the rest of that game and won it. He could have, yeah. Like he didn't, he didn't take it because he was like, "I'm gonna get cute," and then, yep. you know, I'm showing out for you know a possible head coaching job and this and that. Like, yep. there's a lot of factors of why you would do it. Do, like you said, though, do I think it's not nuts? No, but I'm just saying this. This is the type of game where you do. But these stuff. are the things that really affect games. Like everybody wants to talk about, like again, chip on your shoulder and all that. No, it's 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 what did you do for four weeks leading up to this game? You know, what did you see? What did you find? What are your play callers doing? Like, what did what are the real things that you learned? I do not care about if you watched Rocky Four last night. That's not what's going to win this game. What's going to win this game is what you did in the film room and, you know, what, what you have on the line. Of course, guys are thinking about this game. If you're going to tell me that all these NFL draft picks, you know, there's not other stuff going on in their head, you're nuts. And, and people are crazy to think that that's not right. If you think the C.J. Stroud, didn't have an emotional week going from probably not playing another college football game to playing in the playoffs and then think that, you know, that that doesn't factor into the stuff. It all factors into the stuff. Play calling. Like you say, there might be coaches on Georgia's staff that are auditioning for whatever the net they might want to be the next Alabama coach. We know we're getting down that road. So do they want to get cute? Absolutely. And it, you know, so this, this all factors into these games. Like, there is essentially more time between end of season and bowl games than there is summer preparation for these teams. That's how big of a deal it is. Yeah, and and that's why I say, like, do I think they do it? No, absolutely not. Um, but I'm just saying it, it is a just look out for it if you see it, especially when you see, like, what J.J. McCarthy did to the defense when mm-hmm. they, like, ate him, beat him. You're like, oh, okay, this would be a perfect point. Don't know how much – you don't know what the scouts are thinking right now, but at the same time, you'd be like, ooh, if if, if I got Stetson Bennett make a few of those plays, I might can 
help my guy boost his draft stock. Maybe he goes from a six round pick to a fourth round pick. Nope. He's not going to turn into a first round pick tonight. Like that's not going to happen. Nobody's going to contemplate taking Stetson Bennett. He can move up the most of anybody though. Yeah, exactly. And and, and, and I don't want to go down the road, but it wouldn't be Jeff if I didn't bring it up. (laughs) He plays a great game. He looks the part. He acts the part. NFL owners and GMs love this type of dude. He can make a lot of money tonight. That's all I'm going to say. I don't want to get carried away with it, but you know what I'm talking about. I know exactly he, what you're talking about. He's got, a lot of, he's got a lot of moxie. He's sneaky athletic. <laughs> he's got football IQ. He's What else do I say? Great interview. Killed yeah, it. And, and they call him. They call him Octavius Bennett, so he has the, he has the you know first, the swagger about himself. First guy in, last guy out. Whatever you want to say about these these types of quarterbacks, um, so yes, he can jump up the draft stock. We'll wait for the off season to talk about the draft, yeah. but, um, but yes, he could make a lot of money tonight. Sure so could. We will move to killing. Had, hey, do you think do you think if he uh, wore a headband like Zach Wilson, he would be a second round pick? <laughs> If he did and made a back if a uh, back foot throw, then yes, that's it. He probably would if he just that's made it. one throw like that. <clears throat> okay, we're, we're off. We're, we got off track. Yeah, we'll move. So now we're gonna kill Ohio State, right? So yes, from the Ohio State side of things. So here's what I will say before I let you go, and, and this will be a conversation completely about Ohio State from here on out. But the thing that I think is the scariest about Ohio State, let but it's it's. Very positive and very negative is we've all we can all point to Georgia, TCU, and Michigan, and we can point to a game and we'd be like, that's the best game they've played. Like we know what they look like at their best. Michigan's was against Ohio State. You could find TCU's game, probably against Kansas State in the regular season. Georgia, probably against LSU or Tennessee. Depends on how you want to look at it, whether they can score a bunch or, of points or, or yeah, or, or Oregon as well. But you look at it from Georgia, you'd be like, they showed us how they could stifle a, a, an elite offense. They showed us they could score a whole bunch of points. And they showed us how they could score a whole bunch of points and stifle a pretty good offense. Yeah. Well, hopefully Mo comes back or me come back. One of us. But it's just me now. I have no idea what happened. It's all right. Continue. Just just continue. My bad. So, yes. So, you can point to pass. We just keep moving. Yeah. So, you can point to every team. And be like, that's their best game. I think that's the scariest thing about Ohio State because we don't know. We can project all day long, but we don't know what they look like when they play their best. We've seen it for about six minutes. I yeah, say the closest was the closest was Wisconsin. I'll just say that. That's the closest that we saw to where like this is what I thought this team was gonna look like. Not that Wisconsin's at that level. I'm just saying that's the closest I saw to them playing. Yeah, and I think those six minutes against Penn State in the fourth quarter was like that's the best small window of football and you're like you looked at those six minutes and it showed you that Ohio State can be elite like offensively and defensively and I know it's Penn State I know you know Georgia's not Penn State I understand it but those six minutes everything they did right to basically take a game they were losing and end up blowing Penn State out was like if they can do that for four quarters we could make an argument that this is the best team in the country the only problem is those six minutes have never shown for 
more than six minutes. You've never seen it since then. So I think that's the scariest thing about Ohio State, but it's also like maybe because they've never shown it yet, they won't do it. But if they do, then you the possibilities are endless. So that's why I say it's the scariest thing about Ohio State because you can't point, but you could also just be what you probably are and just accept that they'll never show us the best version. We'll never get those six minutes for four quarters. And and I think I think that it's there. I, I've said it all week, and I said it to you before the show. Just absolute worst matchup for this because Georgia's coaching staff is too good. Their athletes are too good. Like even if Ohio State comes out and they are just balling, Georgia will adjust. Um, right. Like other like other teams. Do I do I think that a perfect game? They beat every other team in the country tonight. Absolutely, I really really do believe that this everything you said is true about Ohio State, but. They just, they're just not, they're never, they never seem aware of the situation. Like the team that I saw for the first almost two quarters in that Michigan game, I'm like, okay, we're fine. This is the team. And then you just see, you see the mental errors, you see the, the physical breakdowns and all these mistakes. And then they start getting exposed and you're like, there they go again. Um, they've just, they're just a deeply flawed team. And it started with, you know, the injury to JSN early in the season. That's an actual factor when you lose one of the best teams in the country. Um, you know, Henderson beat up all year. They had some weird games to where they played teams that just weren't good enough. And then they played in the weird weather game in Northwestern. Uh, the second half of the year after the bye, they, ju- they got physically beat up in every game. They just played a bunch of weird games. And they weren't mentally or physically ready for Michigan when the time came. And yes, they've had a month to get healthy. They're in a dome. I said all year, if you can get them to a dome, they got a chance. That's why I give them a chance tonight. Um, but it's just George is just in a different place, and their coaching staffs in a different place. And I, I don't think they can out coach them. I don't think they can out physical them. Um, you know, do I think they can throw on them? Yeah, I do. I do think that there is a world to wear Stroud. But here's the problem we're going to have, Mo. I'll just start digging into this now. Can they throw against Georgia? Yes, but but will C.J. Stroud accept the punishment for those throws? If he needs three seconds to throw a ball and takes the hit after he releases, how many of those will he take? Be Before willing to take. Down. Yeah, because there's. I'm, a, I'm just seriously asking the question. If you tell me there's a world all of a sudden where C.J. Stroud is going to get the snot beat out of him and throw for 500 yards, I just don't believe it. Yeah, and I agree with you, and I think so. Here's. CJ Stroud is the player who has the most to lose today. Like of any player to step in on the field, he has the most to lose because if he plays for Stroud, it's not about win or lose. Like it for, for him, for the next level, scouts aren't looking to see like whether they win or lose. If he plays great and they lost 42, let's just say they lost 42 to 35, but he played absolutely great. Scouts are back in love with C.J. Stroud. It's obviously putting up 35 points. We're not doing it on the ground. It will be at the arm of C.J. Stroud. You put him in a predicament to win, and they'll be like, you know, Ohio State just lost to the better team. It happens. A quarterback can play great, and you can value what he does and be like, you know, somebody has to win, somebody has to lose. It could be that kind of game. But he has the most to lose because Stroud can make every throw on the football field. That's that's not the question. The question is, I think, his toughness, his willing to take the easy play because he doesn't do it. He doesn't take what the defense gives him. He tries to make something out of nothing. And yes, quarterbacks do it at the next level, but you also see all these quarterbacks can scramble. They can take what the defense gives them. I'm not going to put it in a tight window when you're giving me five to seven yards to run. And almost every quarterback outside of Tom Brady will take that play because they're mobile enough to do it. So 
even a Mike White will take five to seven yards run if you do it. So I think with C.J. Stroud is like there's a lot of things they're looking at, and it's the small things. Nobody's looking at his arm and questioning his throwing ability. They're questioning literally everything else, like his decision-making. Are you willing to take what the defense gives you? And I think it's one of those, like, he hasn't shown us that yet, so why should I be an idiot and believe that it's possible tonight? But I think you have to, like, you 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 can't think about anything else except how can I win this game? And tonight, if you really want to win and compete for a national championship and you want to show people you have that stuff that they're talking about, that it factor, you have to do it tonight. And if Stroud doesn't do it tonight, I don't think he'll ever do it, even at the next level. Yeah. And 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 what I would say is the other side of that. Here's, here's what's not going to happen. Stroud's not going to run the ball. Stroud's not going to do everything you said he needs to do. He He does not play well out of the pocket. He does not play well off schedule, but he plays great. When, when things are going right. So what does that mean? That means this offensive line for Ohio State, if they play, if they play as a unit a perfect game, Ohio State can absolutely win this game. If Ohio State's you know, offensive line can hold up to the pressure because Georgia, let me tell you this, Ohio State's not going to run the ball. Georgia's not going to care about the Ohio State running game. They're going to tackle the running backs. Neither one of these running backs are going to get off on Georgia. They've seen way too many good ones over the years. It's just not their time. Um, I'm not, I, I don't even consider it a factor. If they come out and went five wide the whole game, I wouldn't care. But Georgia is going to dirty up the pocket. Big time. They're going to come and Stroud from different angles. They're going to come right up the middle because they know if they can get him going right or left, they've cut off at least. You don't just cut off half the field. You probably cut off 75% of the field if you get Stroud moving. He's going to run straight to the sideline, and he's going to flip it at the last second to a guy that's five yards up the field. That, that's what's yeah. going to happen. So, and the guy's not going to be open either. He's going to try and fit yeah, it in. If this offensive line can make a bubble, which it can, it can. This offensive line has the ability to make a bubble. There are NFL players on this line. And if Stroud can trust it and then he can, you know, just keep just keep throwing it and throwing it and throwing it, then Ohio State's got a chance. So it's all on the offensive line. And I do believe that they can live up to it. I don't think they really I don't think this offensive line looked that bad against Michigan or Penn State, you know, these teams that had good like Stroud hasn't got beat up this year. No, and I would say like you you could say like Michigan dominated in the trenches, but it was on one side of the ball. Like late in the game in the fourth quarter, yeah. they dominated on they dominated on the um, offensive line, not the defensive line. Stroud was not under duress in that yeah. Michigan game. He had all the time in the world but to make Stroud's play. duress comes from when you go cover four, and he ha- he has to take time to look at you know he has to take time to do a dissect the field and look at the safeties. That's when things start breaking down. He tends to force it, and when he's got the better athlete, which is probably 11 out of 12 games they play a year, that's fine. Marvin Harrison Jr. is going to be open. You can throw it into these tiny little windows and the guys are going to get it. George is not that team to yeah. mess around with. If you try and throw in these little, you know, these little tiny windows, they're going to close and you're going to throw interceptions. So like you, you, you have to throw to the guy that's open and, and how he got work to get open and, and trust your offensive line. That's it. This game is going to come down to Stroud throwing for 500 yards it's a win. If you tell me Ohio State wins, I'm going to tell you tomorrow morning he's going to have 500 yards and at least at least four touchdowns. And the running game, he might have a couple big plays here or there. Um, Ohio State has not been good on short yardage when they need it. When they need short yardage, they have not been good on that because they don't have an RPO game. So just forget about that. You know what I mean? Uh, if you tell me a fullback or a tight end has 100 yards and a touchdown, I believe that before I believe a running back will have any success in this game. Yeah, and remember, I've said, we've said this all year. I mean, you know, on Locked on Buckeyes together in conversations, it doesn't matter. We've said that 
if Ohio State had a running quarterback, it, it changed. You put just in. I'm not saying bring back. I'm just saying adjust the field. You put Justin Fields on this team. But JJ McCarthy on this team. Yeah, this team put Stetson Bennett on this team, and it's not about Stroud. It's not about the arm. Neither one of them can throw the ball better than Stroud. That's not even the question. But it's the fact of when you do a RPO with these elite athletes on the outside and the the third threat, you have a run pass, but it's not an option. It's either your running back is running or your quarterback is throwing. There is no worry about your quarterback scrambling, and so that changes how you like that that helps a defensive coordinator prepare yeah. for this offense because you you can tell you guys no chance there's didn't no we chance ju- i mean didn't we just i mean we we just saw last year georgia beat bryce young you know you know i mean it's like these guys know what to do they and if they and i tell you what if high state comes out and even tries to pull off that fake you know i don't even, yeah you don't it's not an rpo it's just a po and, yeah. and, and do that little that little fake georgia will not care They'll give Ohio State five yards running the ball all day long because they can tackle. Their players yeah. are physical. And when I say tackle, that's another thing about Georgia. They tackle violent. Like violent. You know when you play Georgia. They are a violent team. When they tackle, they twist. They're they got really good technique. It's not dirty. It's none of this. No, is dirty. it's just great. It's football. really good technique football. When they tackle, they throw you a yard or two. They come at you. They hit you in the midsection to so where they're getting into your ribs and your your hips and your groins. And I mean, they're just a, so. George's front seven will be happy to give Ohio State five yards a run and pressure Stroud. So, th- so if if Ryan Day comes out with this fake, you know, option stuff, it's not gonna. It, it'll be again. They have to basically go. You know, shout out to you know the late Mike Leach. They basically have to go air raid and and to have a shot. I would rather see them lose that way, forty to nothing, than I would see them try to to try and if they get if they get in a fist fight with georgia they're gonna i predict that they'll i predict that's what day is gonna do and uh, and my you know official prediction we'll give them here in a minute but uh it'll 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 fail the score will look better but it will not be a close game if he thinks that he's gonna if he's gonna get in the trenches and win against this georgia team yeah and in speaking of ryan day I'm not on the fire Ryan day train and you know god I, it's crazy jeff i finally give you 12 hours mo not because reconvene tomorrow morning. I don't think Ryan day is coaching for his. The only thing I think he's coaching for is the hot seat for next year. Like if if he does get dominated, because here's my thing. What I don't want to see is I don't want to walk away from the game and feel like Ohio state wasn't prepared because you've had six weeks. You snuck in, you got a second chance. Do not let this second chance be the demise or the fall of you as a head coach. You've had six weeks to prepare. You've had time. Listen, if I was Ryan Day, if I heard after, let's just say they won. And I heard after the game that Ryan Day like locked himself away from his family for six weeks to solely prepare for this game. I wouldn't be shocked. And if I also heard that he only spent three to four hours a day preparing for this game, I also wouldn't be shocked because I'd be like, Ryan Day did what I would expect Ryan Day to do, but if I heard that he locked away, you know, his wife comes out, I was like, he was fully prepared for this game. We didn't get to see him much. The kids didn't bother him. Then I'd be like, Ryan Day did what he should have done. So, but I don't want to hear, like, preparation cannot be the 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 thing that stands out to you for Ohio State, because I'm not worried about Georgia being prepared. They will be prepared. Kirby Smart 
is an elite coach. He's never once showed you they weren't prepared. Had the players come out and played flat, then Missouri happened, yes. But it wasn't based on preparation. Georgia just, you know, they kind of, you, you have those couple games where you feel like you walk on the field and because Georgia's across my chest and we're we're playing for the playoffs and we're playing yeah. to win the SEC and national championship. Complete non-factors. There was... Yeah, like every every now and then, the George the only the, the biggest thing that George has done this year every now and then to show a bit of weakness is their passing game can stall a little mid mid season. Their passing game did stall a little, and people started questioning that. Um, and, and, but that was about it. But every time that they've had to beat somebody, that they've they've beat their brains in. Uh, you know, they're they're rolling right now. But now they they have had a month to cool off. Um, like I say, I talked to a friend from you know a huge Georgia fan last night. And he's not as confident as we are about, about Georgia because he's like, this isn't the same team as last year. They have flaws. The high states, you know, passing game could get to him. You know, he predicts like a three-point dogs win, which if you told me that, I would be like, well, then high state played really good. As far as the day thing, I'll piggyback. I'm with you. Uh, his team has to be prepared. But what he is, he's coaching for, it's not his job next year. It's the future of his job. If he looks bad in this game, the search is on, and the next time one of the big names is eligible, whether whoever High State thinks it is, and we might not even know who that guy is in three years. That's right. like the hot guy. That's who they're looking at. Like that means that day is just on the clock until whatever a uh, guy like you know when it happened before. That's what happened to Jim Tressel. Like I'm telling you guys, Urban Meyer being on the market is why Jim Tressel quote unquote resigned that year. It's nothing more, you know. It's nothing more than that. And as soon as if, if, if it's fickle, if it's Marcus Freeman, if it's, you know, one of these guys, if it's another, if it's, you know, if it's Kirby smart, which it's not going to be, that's, that's when day is going to, to get ousted for, for some silly reason, unless he's just on a streak of national championships. So he is coaching for his future, but not his immediate future. Uh, he has to look good. Knowles has to be prepared or, you know, th- this would be the second game. But here's – I'm just going to give you the doom and gloom what Ohio State's looking at. They have the realistic chance from what I saw last night. They have the realistic chance of losing to Michigan, Georgia, Notre Dame, and consecutive big games going in the, in the next season. And and you absolutely 100% can't do that when you have as many talented players and the money that Ohio State's invested in this program. Yeah. So they, they does have his future on the line, whether it's immediate or not. Right. And, and, and I'm not saying, but I'm not saying like after the get fire Ryan day, because first off, I'm realistic as of right now, there's not a better option out there unless there's one waiting in the winds and is like, you know, it's some guy who that we're not thinking about, but I'm not. Here's you know, what'll happen. Here's how it's going to go down. I'll, I'll give a prediction. I don't get to do a lot of shows anymore. So people don't get to hear this. Ryan day, when it's time to get rid of him, high state's record's still going to be good. They're going to be a good team. Everybody's going to be telling me and Mo to stop whining about our teams being so good. I mean, but here's what's going to happen. That's when Ryan day will take his exit to the NFL. They will not tell you that he got fired. They will not tell you he got pushed out. That's when he will go to the NFL and probably be a successful offensive coordinator. And everybody will think that he moved on but that that's how it's going to go down. And then all He'll of a sudden, this, leave with this, yeah, that's how, that's how it's going to go down because I state, hopefully, I mean, I would assume it's never going to be bad enough to like, obviously fire a coach. I mean, I would yeah. hope that they don't get to that level again. So it's going to like, how do you get rid of a coach that's winning 10 games a year? He moves on to the NFL. You bring a guy in it's smooth transition, just like they did with Trestle when he, you know, when he stepped down, Tressel was going to retire in two years. Urban Meyer was available. The writing was on the wall. We all know how this went. So that's what's going to happen. That's a future prediction from Jeff. Yeah. And so, 
before we give our predictions, like just not to kill Ryan Day, but because I think he's a really good coach. He is a really good coach, but the standard is not really good at Ohio State. The standard not ready is for this job yet. Yeah. And so he was the successor to Urban Meyer. Like, you know, Urban Meyer knew when he left who he was giving the job to. That's the way he wanted it. And Ryan Day, my thing is this. Everybody points back to 2019 and that how elite that team was. I know we lost to Clemson, but that was an elite team. Players everywhere, NFL players everywhere. But here's the thing. The talent outside of wide receiver, who I have to give all the credit, obviously, to Brian Hartline and quarterback, because I'm not going to kill CJ. The man has still been a really good quarterback, and I'm not sure there's five quarterbacks out there that have been better than C.J. Stroud in his two-year tenure as the starting starting quarterback at Ohio oh, State. Agreed. Are there, agreed. Are there a couple that I, if I could have him, probably. But are there five quarterbacks I would take for Ohio State over C.J. Stroud that have been starting over the past two years? No. No. So I'm not. But the team defensively has no longer. They are no longer. We don't have elite defensive ends like we're used to having. We don't have elite DBs like we're used to having. And we we're talking about like, from 2014 to 2019, any of those DB classes or any of those DBs on the field were future first-round picks, were elite guys at the college level as well. And so now you're looking and you're like, all of that is gone. Like that DNA yeah. that Urban Meyer left for Ryan Day and he inherited is now gone. And so now it's Brian Hartline, recruit five elite receivers every year just for two to three of those guys, and none of them have really transferred outside of James Williams, to be honest. But – Five of those, we're in the we're in the heavy world where we got five guys coming in next year. Two of them will be gone in a year, maybe two at max. Like guys aren't just going to sit the bench, and you're not going to have twenty receivers who could start at every other college and be like, yeah, but we're only going to keep them at Ohio State. That's not realistic. But outside of quarterback and outside of wide receiver, like there's not a single position. Maybe O line. Our O line has been pretty pretty solid. But outside of that, there's O line. O line's been good. Yeah, they've been it's good. Very talented. Very talented this year. But there, there's been times where you're like that DNA of, you know, making the case where Ohio State was DBU at one point. We were easily defensive in you. We were just we went from one elite one to the next one to the next one. And yeah. we were just it was a passing of the torch to the next elite pass rusher that we had. Like all that DNA is gone. And so you kind of have to question, like, you know, what Ryan Day is like, what's his philosophy? Because I don't know if we fully like I don't know if you could put a stamp on what his philosophy is like. It's obviously throwing the ball a lot. and But how great of a play caller is he? Because in big games, Ohio State hasn't. And it stinks too, because I hate to say this about a guy. This is his third trip to the playoffs. So I hate to say that about him, but we watch him every week and we know. And I think the biggest difference has been the defensive backfield, like you said. I mean, these corners now, like you give me Jeff Akuda this year, and I think we can win the national championship. Like it's that simple. It's not, there, there aren't huge differences, you know what I mean? Or, or, or a Chase Young, or, yeah. you know, they're not. Why, why, why isn't. Why aren't these four and five stars developing into, you know, great NFL players? And then they get to the NFL and they're better. That's scary. Uh, Cause like what's happening, honestly, I don't know what's going on with the uh, strength and conditioning. That's my biggest concern at Ohio state right now. Some reason these guys don't look as strong and dominant as they did for years. That's my biggest question about what's going on, you know, at the Woody Hayes athletic facility that these guys will, and we'll see tonight. You know, the people may be laughing at us tomorrow. We may go out and beat the snot out of Georgia, and everybody will be like, you guys are idiots. I hope so. I'll and hang it off my head. I'll I just don't it. see the endurance, the physicality, the speed. I don't think this team's as fast as people think it is. Um, it's just 
so on and so forth, uh, you know, down the line. So I don't, I don't know what the breakdown is. And maybe it's a fluke. Maybe this is we're actually what we're missing here. Maybe this is not a good Ohio State team. They just performed really good. So maybe that's what it is to where we're like, we're tricked into thinking this. Is, I remember 07, we went to the national title game. That was an average Ohio State team. But everything worked out, and they're, they, they were good enough to get to the national championship game and lose to LSU. I had a 14-point lead, I believe, at one point. So maybe what we don't know is that this isn't a good Ohio State team or, you know, or maybe it's just a good one, not a great one. But since they got in the playoffs, we're like, okay, here we go. So I, I don't know what the answer is. We're, we're spoiled Ohio State fans, and I love it. Yeah. I don't, I don't, I don't want to lose that. That's like my fear. Like you said, I don't want to – and you said it last night, and it's like because obviously at the network there's a lot of average teams, the average fandom as far yeah. as, you know, their teams. They're, they're average, below average or whatever. But, yes, I don't – want to watch the Duke Mayo Bowl and and watch my coach get doused. I don't want no offense to those teams and mayonnaise, but the standard is it it goes to the standards different. The standard Alabama really doesn't care about what like Alabama fans. You can't tell me they care about beating Kansas State outside of what they're going to do is they're going to beat the snot out of Kansas State and then tell us why they should have been a playoff team. Because that's what they care about. That's the standard. Make the playoffs, compete for a national championship. So they're going to use this game as a fan to say, this is why. And then they're going to, they're going to watch the Michigan TCU game. Don't let TCU get blasted because then they're going to tell us how they feel in between when TCU game ends and Ohio State kicks off. And then they're going to watch the Ohio State Georgia game and they're going to tell us if if Ohio State does get blasted, they're going to be like, and see, this is why there weren't four teams better than us. We were better. So that's what they're going to use, but they don't really care. You think Nick Saban is like, this adds to my legacy by winning this game. Teams that that don't care about anything other than championships. You got Alabama, you got Ohio State, you got Georgia. Um, I I think honestly, if Michigan wins tonight, then Michigan can put themselves in there. I I got a friend that that I work with, um, you know, big time Michigan fan. And he's like, I see what you guys mean now. He goes, this is our second year in the playoffs, and I already don't care about bowl games. Like, I already don't care about anything other than the playoffs. I'm like, yes, that's what I'm talking about. Like, people say we're crazy until you've been there. Like, I, I, I do, if you tell me we're 8-4 and four next year and hopeful for the next season, uh, you, Jeff's probably going to be locked up in a box somewhere. You know but I mean? it's, it's because it's because it's not once you get there. One, like you remember when like Michigan State reached the playoffs one time and Washington made the playoffs one time. Like you knew it was like a one time thing. But it's yeah. when you go and then you go again. And so now that Michigan has went two years in a row and they they feel like they have the advantage to at least reach the national championship this year. Like now you're like the Rose Bowl isn't. That's not the yep. standard. You Michigan has now raised the standard. Harbaugh has now raised the standard at Michigan. Yep. To where they're in that same conversation. Even Clemson, you think Clemson cared about winning or losing that the Orange Bowl last night? Like, no, they yeah. went on this run of winning national championships in the college football playoff era, making the college football playoffs, winning the ACC is no more than a one loss team or undefeated. Having this, fe- so the standard is like Dabo can pitch whatever he wants. Clemson fans don't care about losing that game last night. They really yeah. don't. They, yeah. You look at those games now as a look into the future. Like the Rose Bowl game yes. for us last year was to see what we have for next year. It's just a it's a, it's a meter to see what next year no. could possibly. Look. That was fine once. You yeah. can't do that two years in a row. And we and we did credit I, I, full credit to this team. We're in the playoffs. I just want to be a hundred percent clear. That's all I ask for all year. What you do now is up to you. So yeah, yeah you can't do you can't do it more than once. But Alabama can't miss the playoffs next year. High state exactly. And the yeah. standard is it's just it's just different. And if you're not a fan of those teams where that's the standard, 
then you don't fully understand it. And you, you'll call Bama fans and Georgia fans, Ohio State fans. Oh, you guys are spoiled. I wish my team. Okay. You wish your team. Well, my team has been that for years. I'm yeah, not you, asking for that's my That's what I tell everybody. I'm like, yeah, I agree. Years. You, you do wish your team was this good. I, I, I totally agree with you. Like I yeah. get where you're coming from. I was there. I, I lived through the nineties. I was there. I watched all these other teams become great and high state be the next step down. no matter how good they were, I don't want to go back to that. I've had 20 years of, it's been some 20 of the, some of the happiest years of my life because of high state. And I just don't, I'm not giving it up. There's yeah, I'm not I going down without a fight. I don't want to go and watch the tax slayer bowl. You know, we did it before. Like we watched Ohio state play in the Gator bowl what back in like 2012 when uh yeah. you know when Luke Fickle was the coach 11, and, all the, and 11. 11 yeah all the suspensions or whatever and the only reason I was excited about that was because you know I was like oh I might be able to go and then the tickets were sold out but yeah. either way like I was like oh because yeah, I, I, I told you guys last night I remember caring caring about the Alamo Bowl victory over Oklahoma State back in uh 04 before the run began you know with Troy Smith because it meant something different but but we 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 built on that and built something different. And now with the playoffs, now that there's, it's just on and on. I'm, I'm not and in a couple of years, this is all a moot point. Like in a couple of years, like the good teams are going to make the playoffs and it's going to be a lot of fun. But you know, as of right now, like it is what it is. So, all right. I got about five minutes left here. Mo Murphy. All we right, gotta, so that's we what I we're going to wrap maybe. this up. We're going to get down to what everybody wants to know. So real quick, TCU versus Michigan final score prediction. Ooh, I'll say, 27-24 TCU. Whoa, you're riding yes. with the Horn Frogs. Yep. Okay, so I'm going to go 28 to 24 Michigan. I like it. I just want to be clear too, like just so everybody knows, like the TCU fans in the one game I went and watched them, I didn't like them any more than the Michigan fans. So this is not a a like TCU thing or hate Michigan thing. I dislike both I dislike both of you. But that's yeah. how I feel about the game. I just, I just want to be clear. I'm gonna, yeah, I'm gonna. They go were total snots to us when we were down in Dallas that year. I'm gonna go 28, 24. A lot of polo shirts. You know, a lot of, a lot of cowgirls too. A lot, well, a whole bunch of cowgirls down there. Yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be surprised. But yeah, 28, 24, Michigan. All okay. right, Jeff, go ahead and irk my soul. So I'll, I'll stick with what I said on. I'll stick what I said on locked on Buck, Buckeyes. I think that. I think that Georgia can control this game. They will, and I don't think that they're going to show off. I think 31-13 Georgia because I think that they see everything that me and Mo Murphy have saw all year. I think C.J. Stroud is not up for the fight. I think this high State team was ready. I think they were ready to not you know, to, for their season to be over, and they got a reprieve. I think Georgia controls it, and I think a high State lets them control it. Uh, so because if they try to get into a shootout, it's going to get out of hand and it's going to look like that LSU Georgia game we saw a few weeks ago. So uh, 31, 13 Georgia. Bruh. Really? Really? Yeah. Like that's uh. all right, Jeff. So I'm about to irk your soul. Um, no, uh, no, I'm, I, that's just my honest prediction of it. Right. And I'm, I'm on the opposite end of the spectrum. Uh, I'm going, I think I, I, I almost forget I, 41 to 38. That that's what I said oh. on, um, Yes, it's going to be a track meet. It, this is this is partly an advantage for Ohio State, and part of this is hope. I mean, there is bias. Listen, I have an Ohio State jersey and Ohio State hat. Totally agree. Totally so agree. Today, like we, I analyzed wh- all the reasons why I think Ohio State could lose. I kept it real for an hour. So now I'm going to put my fandom in That's this, fair. and I'm going to hope that Ohio State shows me something different. I'm going to hope I see the best version of Ohio State. How and they many? Forty-one, thirty-eight. 
Okay, 41-30. I just real quick question. When so you do like I do, you look at the game and how it plays out. So if you, if you're telling me high state scores 38 points, what what are somebody's got to have some monster stats? Who is it? Give me the one player and like it, it, I mean you're are you thinking Harrison 200 yards and three touchdowns? I'm thinking Harrison 150 and two touchdowns. I'm thinking Emeka Abuka 100 yards and one one touchdown at least. Okay. I'm thinking I'm thinking Harrison Jr. is Harrison Jr. and I'm also thinking Emeka because I can't I don't want to go the Julian Fleming steps up and have a big game. I'm not doing that. Like he's had one game where you're like, oh, that's a guy. Outside of that, it's Emeka Abuka. Like that's the guy. If I pointed out who needs to step up and have a big game, I would say if anybody if a high state scores 38 points, Xavier uh, Xavier Johnson, right? I get the right yeah, name. The running back slash receiver. Yeah. I, I sometimes I call him Xavier Howard. I don't I can't remember who Xavier Howard is, but it's in my head. He's the corner for your for your beloved Miami Dolphins. Jesus, there we go. It's been a long season, Mo Murphy. Um, it's a long season. I'm old. Uh yeah. So you, if you tell me high state scores 38, that Xavier's having a huge game. So uh but, Yeah, so I'm going I'm going Ohio State gets the victory. Um and like I said, this is my fandom talking because we spent an hour and or spent I would be so excited. Minutes. Yeah. Oh, I will be texting you till five in the morning if Ohio State wins this game. Yeah, and it makes it New Year's. New Year's Eve is it's New Year's Eve, and break, going into the new year, I think they're going to give me and and I believe in fate, Jeff. Before we go, here's my thing. Here's my whole reasoning. Okay, I do believe in fate, and I okay, that's what brought us together, Mo. Yeah, exactly. And so, why if I got somebody like Jeff fate brought us together to have these great conversations. Then why should I stop believing in what I I believe in fate is it is destiny for Ohio state to face Michigan in the biggest game of all time. Only one time has a rival played um, in the national championship. And I forget who they said it was. I think it was, it was Alabama, Alabama and LSU. Alabama and LSU, and that's not even their biggest rival. When they said that, I'm like, well, that's like saying Ohio State plays Penn State in the national championship. Like, even though yeah. they're a huge rival, their biggest rival, like, I look at who you play at rivalry week, and it's Auburn. Like, that's the biggest, you know, that's the Ohio yeah. State Michigan of the SEC. Alabama oh, LSU played the best one score game I've, I've ever watched. Like, it was a, I think it was, I believe it was 10 to nine, if I'm correct. Was, I think it was nine to six. I think that it, game was, nine to six. it was awesome. Yeah, because it was like a defensive. It, it was, was defensive. but that's awesome. what I, I believe. I, okay. I, fate is destiny. I think Ohio State is going to see Michigan in the national championship, and okay. I, and that's that's all I'm going to say on that. But I believe I just believe in destiny. I believe we got a second chance to We're touch on it real quick and beat and play Michigan in the national championship. To touch on it real quick, that's pretty much the end of the rivalry because once we go to an expanded playoffs, they're going to move. Like nobody will admit this, they're going to move on a high state Michigan plays to earlier in the year. They're they're going to move that game. So there's only in my prediction, there's only three or four years left till they figure this out that a high state Michigan are going to play the last game of the year. So all this is going to change, you know, because because of it because they're getting rid of divisions and you know yeah, uh, and that, I said that. all these things. So like this is really if they do play again this year, it's the it's the last major colossal high state Michigan game possibly ever. I'm not yeah, saying it out loud, possibly ever. People can tell me Rip, before we go. I know we did. We get into, but people can tell me that, that they don't want to see a rematch. But I'm a, I'm going to put it like this: Ohio State played Michigan, and that game was rated more than the Daytona 500, the Talladega race. The only game that had higher ratings, bigger than any Game Seven NBA Finals history, 
like it was historically one of the most watched sporting events ever, bigger than the U.S. Open. The only games that have outbeat the Ohio State Michigan game that was played was Super Bowls. You only point to Super Bowls as far as a sporting event that was watched more or or World Cup, but, but you know, every four years. I, yeah, it's hard to touch that because they play on they still play on the Monday night and all, which really cuts down viewers and stuff like that. I yeah, think tonight, I think I think Georgia High State's underrated as far as viewers. Like this is this they they played once in their history. Like everybody's, I've been waiting for this game like for decades. You know, since since Garrison Hurst. Shout out to Garrison Hurst, one of my favorite players of all time. So I think tonight's game will be huge as far as viewers as far as viewers well i mean yeah, you're I sitting do. around your party and this if you're a casual viewer from around the country like you care about this game because yeah it's you're just, sitting around partying waiting to bring in the new year and watching the college football playoffs ohio state georgia all the yep. all the marbles so jeff i appreciate you for coming on that is jeff hunt make sure you give him a follow at j hunt 006 yes um and make sure you follow me mo underscore cheese 15 i appreciate everybody for tuning in i appreciate everybody for listening and hopefully the next Up and Flame show will be me just wildly celebrating that Ohio State will be competing in the national championship. Can't wait. And if that happens, the show will have no logic. It will have no – I won't even – I won't give a national championship preview till like, that weekend, but the next show will have no log- logic. It will just be a bunch of clips of me celebrating the win and a bunch of standing on my chairs and acting insane. So appreciate everybody for tuning in. Appreciate everybody for listening. And on that note, Up and Flames is out.